Gentlemen, everyone, I'm Kyle. And I am Derek. And this is the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. Hosted by two youth pastors who have no idea what they're doing. That's us, and we are so excited to have you all with us today. Episode one of a brand new journey. You think you're ready for this, Derek? I know that I'm not, but I'm excited (laughs) anyway. This is absolutely terrifying. So we want to give you guys a little bit of background. We have been in youth ministry for so long that we know everything by now. I mean, obviously. Um, No, I have. So we are both youth pastors in the uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota metro area, uh, just north of the Twin Cities. Uh, I have been at uh, at my church for five years, and Derek, you're at four? Four, yeah. Four years. Oh, my goodness. We're getting old, man. We're getting really old. It's true. I actually I did the math the other day for no reason at all, and if you are a full-time youth pastor for four years, right at the end of that fourth year, you hit the 10,000 hours mark. 10,000 hours. Which traditionally is that that mark where, okay, you're you're an expert in something now. Yeah, so clearly. It just gets easier from here. Clearly. And so I, we've been married. How long have you been married? Because I've been Not married for that long. five years. So Ooh. therefore, I think I have a leg to stand on with my wife now. You guys you guys are experts on marriage. We are. We are. So, there's there's somebody who's been in youth ministry for like 25 years, and they've been married for 30 that's listening to this podcast. And they're shaking and they're their head. And they're shaking their head yeah. like, you kids have no clue what you're talking about. Let the record show, every day I live with the fact that I have no idea what I'm doing. It's true, and that's literally what this podcast is all about. This podcast was born out of the idea that uh, as youth pastors, we learn a new way each and every day how not to be a youth so pastor. True. And so we uh, we want to just come on here and share some of the uh, maybe some of the lessons that we've learned, so that uh, you don't have to learn them the hard way. Uh, but we also uh, our heart behind this podcast is really to to walk through ministry together, but. Uh, also for parents and, and youth students themselves, uh, you know, hopefully there's some stuff in here that, that they can find helpful. Uh, we're going to be talking about many, many, many topics, uh, over the course of this podcast, uh, God willing, we will hit three episodes before we crash and burn. Yeah, that's a big stipulation, but we're going to go for it. I love it. We're built for it. I love it. And so we, uh, one of the things that Derek and I have in common, we met uh, in college at uh, the Grand North Central University in uh, in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, We were both youth ministry majors. I actually started out. I was not a youth ministry major. What were you? I was the far superior major of pastoral studies. Oh, my gosh. Well, just for the record, I actually started at North Central as a worship leading major. And then wow. a month and a half in, I remembered that I hate classical piano lessons. Hmm. So I switched to youth ministry, and it was definitely the right choice. That was by far where God wanted me. I think uh, it's also important to understand that my wife reminds me this of this often that you guys were friends. My, we were. My wife and you were friends yep. before you and I were friends. Yes, we. Remind me of that. <laughs> that's true. Our friendship, my friendship with Meg, goes back farther than my friendship with you. We were on uh, brother sister floors our freshman year. Had a lot of events uh, that our floors did with each other. Uh, that was that was a great crew our freshman year while you were off at North Dakota State. Studying chemistry and speaking of God calling you out of things. Yeah, that was my journey from <laughs> chemistry and pre-dentistry to ministry. You know, it all 
pre-dentistry to ministry that sounds like a book you're gonna write in a couple of years we should you know after this podcast i feel like i feel under i feel underqualified to write that book because i was not pre-dentistry but i'll let you all right i'll let you take that one but speaking of north central north central was a phenomenal phenomenal place um you know we learned a lot mm-hmm. i'm i'm not going to argue that we we learned a lot about ministry there were some phenomenal people that poured into our lives i know you know for me uh i had a professor named doug graham who was one of my favorite professors while i was there brian pingle was another one uh jeff grinnell uh you know i i didn't have any classes with lon flippo but i know that lon was was huge for you uh but one of the things that we run across all the time is a category of ministry related uh, things that we like to call what did school not teach you Mm -hmm. and as great as north central was it can't teach you everything it cannot it cannot and so today on this episode we are going to talk about some of the things that school did not teach us uh while we were there and i'm going to start off with something that i actually have coming up uh, later this summer is going to make a big appearance in my life, and that is how much carpentry goes into being a pastor. You uh, have not been a youth pastor unless you have been to Menards or go to Menards, have to track down a truck and a trailer, <laughs> and roll up to Menards with a glorified shopping list, having yep. no idea how you're about to construct the project that is in your brain. It's true. From stage designs to... Uh, Gaga ball pits, which is, we have a Gaga ball pit at our church and I need to redo it. It is dilapidated. Uh, thank you. Word of the day, toilet paper. Thank you. It is, it is in really, really rough shape. The youth pastor before me built it and I don't think they treated the wood properly, uh, for it to be outside in Minnesota winters. And so it's, it's in rough shape. So we're going to redo that. Uh, but I have no idea what I'm doing and, I haven't through most of my youth pastor life when it comes to carpentry and it keeps coming up, building stuff keeps coming up over and over again. Yeah. And it's one of those deals where you get more and more experience and you're sitting out there in the blazing hot sun doing something that you honestly probably enjoy. We've we've grown to enjoy it for the most part, but you're going, I never took carpentry 101 at North Central. It's true. This would have been a fun class to take. Google? And YouTube. YouTube is a big one. Are your friends. And the and the old retired guy who is oh, looking for my something goodness. to do. Like game changer. Absolutely. Listen, there is somebody in your church who loves working with their hands, loves working with tools. They are retired and they are waiting for you to take advantage and of them. And they are amazing. They're they so amazing. good. It's true. There I, I have gotten plenty of help from some of those people in the past and it's a, it's a lifesaver literally for before sure. we recorded this podcast about an hour ago i was sharing um this podcast idea with one of the guys in our church who is amazing he is retired but he is our maintenance man and completely volunteered and does everything from fixing signs to changing lights like i come to him with projects he goes okay i'm gonna get it done and they are amazing so yeah, you know, that I've definitely had that experience. Something that I just laugh about as I look at my list, I will never forget some of the legal things I have had to do with... And an, th- this sounds like you're going down a really sketchy path here. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> you know, that this is one of those deals where, like, we are we are going out on a limb here as this podcast. We're going, we have no idea who's going to listen to this. And so, like, 
those who are listening kind of get a, a peek behind the curtain, if you will. But we, I have some youth parents that I hope never hear this podcast. <laughs> we we recently did not recently about two to three years ago we had to completely redo our parking lot at our church, and as a part of the agreement with said parking lot is we had to have a city approved landscaping plan around said parking lot. Now the problem was uh, we had a company who uh, gave us our landscaping plan on a napkin and said, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Professional. Professional. So naturally, they handed that to us, and we said, okay, we have to consult this out, and they made you know the fancy blueprints that your wife knows all about as such. But we had a small window to get it approved by, and during that window, the city rejected our plan for said reasons that you need to fix things. Now, my pastor was out of town, our landscaping guy was out of town, and our consultant was out of town, and we needed to get this in in three days. So, so guess I, what Derek is doing for I the next three days? I am at my kitchen table in my apartment <laughs> with a pencil and eraser drawing pine trees with a pencil showing where they're going to go, hoping and assuming and under the table going to the city as if this was a professional consultant who was making adjustments. And that I had C minus training. That C minus in art class in second grade really came back to bite you. You know what? I never have gotten a C minus in my life, but I will say art is not my strong suit in Oof. the slightest. So it was it was quite comical. I've also had to deal with this week um, figuring out DOT regulations because we have a bus of kids going up to camp, and we yep. have to make sure all the bus stuff is regulated. Um, I've also dealt with uh, my local county because the degree of plane for our drainage ditch outside of our parking lot did not meet the correct requirements. So I had to appeal that. Of course not. And um, also did not know how to do that. So again, Google, it's amazing yep. what yep. you can find on Google. Yeah, I really hope, that's a good point. I hope the uh, I hope Anoka County does not hear this podcast as well because I think it was last year or two years ago. Two years ago, we moved our driveway of our church. Hmm. Uh, to a different part of our property because uh, the neighbor, it was right up against uh, our neighbor's property and they had a fence there. And so it was really hard to see, you know, as you're pulling out of the driveway sure. around the fence. So we moved it to the middle of the property. But now every year when all the snow melts, the it floods our driveway. Like and there, there was a Sunday that we almost canceled because it was so bad. We had people that here the day before trying to like pump the water off of our driveway, you know, so that people could get to church. It's yeah, it's crazy. There's there's so many legal things that you don't think of, and as sketchy as it sounds, we are two for two on Google. Yeah, Google and YouTube, yeah. man, they are Game they changer. are your best friend. I won't say how much I use them when I preach. It's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one here is uh, how to get a team of volunteers that aren't getting paid to serve and serve well and serve passionately. Uh, it is. I have. I have always said that if I ever leave ministry and go into the corporate world, I it would be so easy. And I know that that's not actually how it works, but motivating and leading people who there's no, there's no downside. Like I can't, I don't, I can't fire my volunteers if they, if they don't show up on a Wednesday night, I can't dock their pay. Like that's, that's not the relationship that we have. And so I don't, I don't ever remember at North Central talking about, 
you know, having a team of volunteers and, and how to lead them and how to motivate them for lack of a better word, uh, you know, it's purely off of the vision that, that God has for our youth ministry. I think that that is, that is huge. You, you have to know, you know, and, and have real conviction about the, the vision that you have for your youth ministry. That's what people are going to be attracted to and, and want to follow and serve underneath. Uh, if, if I'm just guilt tripping volunteers to, to help out with our youth ministry or, or bait and switch or whatever, you know, they'll, they'll show up the first couple times, but they're not going to be long lasting volunteers that are really going to want to pour into, uh, pour into our students. Yeah. And, and team dynamics, I think something we talked about often at North Central and lots of our classes was, um, stuff like team dynamics and how to build a staff and how to do all this, which is like you said, is all great stuff, but, um, Within that, they never really accounted for the fluidity of what is required as a, as a ministry working with volunteers um, because the reality is they are volunteers. And so um, it's not like their job where if something comes up, they really have no obligation to be here other than the fact that they said, hey, Kyle or hey, Derek, I, I'm going to be there. And, you know, with that stuff comes up, it's life, right? Their, their kid breaks an arm at five o'clock, an hour and a half before youth ministry or or whatever happens, you know, and um volunteers are are amazing and i've always said from the pulpit that um, a church does not exist without their faithful volunteers but it's one of those deals of it is tough to lead sometimes because um in in essence they're also saying i trust you and i trust your leadership and i'm willing to give and uh yeah you really gotta know what you're doing in that case if you're gonna do that well yeah and another thing that you mentioned you know talking in in classes or stuff especially as a pastoral studies major like you're that 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 track is a little bit more focused on uh you know being a lead pastor or senior yep. pastor and for the for the team that you have your pastoral team that you're working with you know for the most part you can pick and choose who that is going to be mm-hmm. uh you know if if you if you want to hire a worship leader for your church you can post that job description places you can go through interviews you can hire the person that you want to hire when you are leading a ministry within a church, oftentimes you're stuck with what you got. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you have the adults that are in your church. Uh, you have the parents of of the youth students that you might be able to reach out to some of them. Uh, you have other people in the community that that you might have relationships with, or or you can go out and build relationships with. But you can't you can't just post on uh, on ZipRecruiter. Hey, I'm mm-hmm. looking for twelve unpaid youth volunteers to uproot their lives and come to Minnesota and serve in our youth ministry. That's, that's not how it works. And so you've got to, you know, you have to have some sort of development uh, that you can go through with your youth volunteers. Uh, You, you might have to uh, say no to Mm -hmm. somebody, uh, whether that's, Hey, you, you, this isn't where, maybe this isn't where God has called you let's let's find another area of ministry that that you might be called to uh and then building up and uh developing the adults that are helping you out so that you can uh raise the capacity of what your adult volunteers are able to do yeah yeah and i think what i loved and then we can go on to the next one too um with volunteers is just that importance of being selective uh, something that I have really found in the last few years is uh, the importance of protecting culture and protecting your vision. Oh, I love that. You know, it's one of those deals of 
Um, we're not just looking for warm bodies who can fulfill a task. We're yep. looking for people who are on mission with us are not a mission themselves. And so, you know, when it comes to volunteers, especially as pastors, you hate to say no, especially if somebody says, hey, I want to come be on your team. And I've learned um, just to take that process slow because um, if you just plug them in right away and just give them full reign of whatever they're going to do, one, they might not like it, and you're going to be left with, you know, an empty spot there anyway. Or two, um, maybe they want to be a part of it, but maybe it's just, it's just not a good fit for your culture or your vision, and it, it takes away from what's going on there. And so, you know, it's especially in this day and age in a post-COVID world where we are always looking for more help and, and, and ministries are growing again and we're looking for more help. Like, you hate to turn volunteers away, but I just think it's so vital to protect that culture and that vision that you have. Yeah, we'll do an episode maybe at some point about... Uh, I, I This isn't original to me, so I can't claim it, but I also... My English teacher in high school is going to kill me because I can't cite my source. I don't sure. remember who it was. But, but I call it the capacity and maintenance matrix for your volunteers, and we can dive into that more. But basically, sure. the premise of it is if you have two youth leaders that are just absolute rock stars they are going to be better for your ministry and they're going to they're going to be a better team for you than having 10 people yep. that aren't supposed to be there aren't qual- like not qualified is the wrong word aren't gifted yep. in in the areas that you need and they require more maintenance from you than their capacity sure. is uh, which which sounds it sounds like we're just doing ministry with cars but basically it's you know if if somebody has a high capacity they they're like your rock star volunteers mm-hmm. that that they can they can do a lot a mm-hmm. low capacity volunteer uh, they might not be able to to handle as much and there are some people that they require a lot of your attention as a youth pastor like I'd call those high maintenance volunteers. Mm-hmm. There are some youth volunteers that that require little to no maintenance, little to no attention. I can plug them in somewhere and they can take it and they can run with it. Yep. And the the volunteers that are low maintenance and high capacity, those are your favorite. Yeah. Those are the absolute rock stars. There are some volunteers that they might be high maintenance but they also have a high capacity. And so okay, I need as a youth pastor, I have to pour more time into this person. But I know that they are going to give me more on the other yep. side as well. Yep. It, the the ones that drain you are when they're high high maintenance, but they have a low capacity for for ministry. Uh, those are, those are the ones that get you in trouble. Yeah, you know, and I think as you mentioned, you know, because I know we have a lot of people who are listening who maybe don't have a con- a context of ministry, but uh, team dynamics uh, really play, and, th- and this applies to your personal life and your own job if you don't work in ministry. Like Team dynamics are something um, that I think Kyle and I have had multiple conversations, as we've mentioned. Kyle and I have been really good friends probably for uh, the last four or five years, and we've had a lot of these good conversations before. good friends. But... Yeah, you know, uh, it, it's more of uh, an okay acquaintance. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> um you know, but team dynamics are something we'll, we'll dive much more into, um, but vitally important to all areas of life. But uh, the next one on my list is what to do on your first day. What you, if it's like my thousandth day and I still don't know? Well, I mean, that that's to be expected, <laughs> you know, but like you, think about this for a second. You spend four years learning how to be a pastor, how to be X, Y, Z, whatever it is. 
And, um, you know, if you go into, if you are a sports marketing major and you get hired by such some company, they'll bring you in, they'll do an orientation, they'll do a training day. Here's how our software works, here our program goes. I know your story is a little bit different, but how my story went is um, I got hired and then I went to Israel for part of my requirements after graduation. And then my first official day uh, coming onto staff just so happened to be when the other person on staff, my lead pastor, was out of town for a speaking engagement. So imagine this. You spent four years learning how to be a youth pastor. I walk into this empty building to my empty desk with no decorations on the wall, and I sit down and go, huh, now what? Yeah, you know? what do I do with this? Like, like how, like, where do I start? Like, it, it's one of those deals of, like, I know big picture how to do X, Y, Z, but where do I start? Your first move is going to the sanctuary and just blasting music as loud as you can because you're the only one there. And you can. And then busting and blowing out the speakers and making that first phone call with your pastor that you busted. Hey, the I'm system. the youth pastor. I broke something. Get yeah. used to it. Very true. <laughs> Very true. And I don't have a ton to say that, but like that, that was just like it's you know, it's it's ministry. There is yeah. no playbook. There is no manual. There is no I mean, some people would say, Well, the Bible is your manual and like are you going to argue that the Bible is not the manual? No, I am 100% This is going to be interesting. But my point is, I, my point is the Bible is not going to tell me, okay, how do I start this ministry? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, I let, let the record show I have the utmost weight in the Bible. I'm not discounting that because I know some people are But you, you have, you know, the, the Bible gives you some awesome guidelines and mm-hmm. it gives you some awesome pillars for your ministry. Yeah. Last I checked, there was not a book in the Bible that detailed, okay, so here's the first things that you should do uh, in order to reach out to parents yep. and and do this, that, the other thing. You know, some of, the, some of those details are, are really, really intimidating sometimes, yeah. especially when you're first starting out. Um, so I have, I have an intern uh, right now with our youth ministry. His name is Judah. Uh, he is awesome. He's incredibly sassy, which makes him fit in really well at our church. Yeah, naturally. But um, he and I had a conversation last week for about an hour and a half about budgets. And one of the things, because, you know, I walked him through, I'm very, we could, I could do like 12 episodes on church budgets mm-hmm. and, and money and you are, everything. You are a financial nerd. Oh my goodness. I love it. But I, I had a conversation with him, and I, I was sharing all of my budget sheets with him. Google Spreadsheets is my friend. And at the, one of the questions he asked was, okay, how do you – where did you start, you know, when, five years ago when you were just coming on? And I, I was in a, I'm in a little bit different situation than I was when I started mm-hmm. because I was a youth leader uh, at our church while I was at North Central – and for two years and then i was going to do my internship uh, here at the church and uh, two weeks into my internship the youth pastor before me took me out to lunch and said hey me and my wife are moving to south dakota to be youth pastors in south dakota and i was like oh well that's interesting and so i wound up kind of being the interim youth pastor while i finished my internship and then they hired me, uh, you know, when I was done with my internship to be, to come on full time. And so, and, and that's, I mean, that's, that's another thing in its own is you and I are both on staff mm-hmm. at, at the churches that we work at full time, uh, which is different from probably most youth pastors, uh, and youth workers that are, that are around the country or around the world. 
um, look at me thinking that this podcast is being listened to worldwide. Look at us. Hey, big dreams, baby. Talk big dreams. Start, yeah. And so when, when you step into that first day, like I, my first day on the job was I'm taking like 20 kids to camp Perfect. and I'm, and I'm hopping Perfect. in the church van and, and we're rolling. And so that was, that was definitely different. But I remember, I remember the week after that, uh, was, you know, that was, that Wednesday night was going to be our first youth service. And I was like, okay, what do I do? I, I kind of put a message together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I made sure that our worship team was, was lined up, all the tech was ready to go. And I don't remember anything about that Wednesday night. Right. But I distinctly remember afterwards, I was, uh, you know, turning everything off in our sanctuary, making sure all the tech was put away. And I remember the thought running through my head of, okay, I, we did one. Yeah. Yeah, We, we, we we did, we did did a Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, it was just that idea of, okay, like I, I can do this. I can, I can do this. And so that was, that was really encouraging to me. Like it probably was not the greatest Wednesday night in the world. I have no idea what I preached on, but I survived and I advanced and I moved on. And, and I think that, you know, I'd encourage youth pastors, youth workers, you know, your first day walking in, leading a ministry, spend some time in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and just o- honestly open the word of God and mm-hmm. just preach straight out of that. Yeah, it does not have to be super fancy. I've been a youth pastor for five years, and this past Wednesday we had a youth service. We did our, our worship slides were black with white text. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we preached just straight through the Sermon on the Mount. It it's not we're not in the big in the middle of a big fancy sermon series, sermon series with yeah. a whole bunch of graphics and stuff. You know, it, it doesn't have to be all at once yeah. right when you start. Yeah. Just love on kids and be honest with parents. Yep. And uh, and a lot of the other stuff will, will come after that. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm kind of going to take that thought and run with it. A little a topic I'd written down that I would, didn't quite get to yet. But, um, you know, part of that is, is as you mentioned for me, I think what really, really, I think if I were to just classify, like, this was the biggest thing that I did not learn or I did not understand when I was going through my education at North Central was the idea of the weight and the responsibility of what it means to be anointed for a ministry. Yeah. Like, I was telling you this, I distinctly remember when I was in high school. So, this was, you know, years ago. Uh, walking up into my youth pastor's office and he had worship music going. He was planning for a Wednesday night. He had his computer going. I was thinking, what a cool job. You know, at the time I was working just like a grungy summer job where I worked like a sick amount of hours for like a gross amount of pay. And like, I was like, how cool would it How be? is that different from what you do well, now? Well, it's <laughs> I, I definitely work more now, but at the same time, like there's, there's something different about loving nine kids. And That's like, true cleaning out the trap underneath the fast food restaurant. Like it's just, it's just nice. a different kind of work. You know what I mean? Um, but I distinctly remember going, I would love to have his job. What a cool job. And like, honestly, if I was being completely real in some ways, like uh, what a chill job, you know, like, like what a, like it'd be so cool to set your own schedule and just be responsible for like taking care of kids. And I, I remember that. And then when I first started to just really get rolling with ministry, like this was in the first three, four, five months, you start to understand that there is a weight of understanding that 
these are people's lives that you are dealing with. This is people's, not just their lives, it's their eternity, you know? And for something I struggled with for so long is feeling like if I said the wrong thing, if I did the wrong thing, if I, if I screwed up to some degree, I'm not just messing up their life. It's I'm potentially turning them off from God indefinitely. And uh, God has really kind of met me in that, in that season of going like, really, you don't have that much power. <laughs> like, like I am God. Like you really think that like, if I'm trying to get a hold of this person that I'm, you're the one person that can minister to them. Like God's bigger than that. But all of that said to those, I would just challenge who are, um, maybe you are in and helping a youth ministry or some ministry, or maybe you're not doing anything. I would just encourage you, um, as a pastor myself, um, really encourage your pastors and really just, you know, bless them with your words of affirmation because the reality is there is a substantial weight of leading a ministry understanding that what we're doing here makes a difference and the cost and what's at stake here is eternity and this is a huge deal. And so um, that can be a very daunting thing to walk through, um, understanding that, the, that that what we're playing for here is is nothing short of the biggest thing that there is to have and is to offer. And so that can be a heavy weight. And I'd be really curious to know um, kind of how, how you grapple with that and how you feel about that even now. Yeah. I think the, there's, there's a big, you know, responsibility that comes with ministry that, that, you know, a lot of people, you know, they think about, sometimes they think about youth ministry and uh, you know, either their first thought is, Oh, it's just games and mm-hmm. it's just fun. Or their first thought is, I'm not hip and cool enough to be in youth ministry, uh, which you guys have been listening to this podcast for half an episode, and you're like, yeah, he's definitely not hip and cool <laughs> enough to be in youth ministry. Hip I don't and know cool what he's is doing. not anything that we can classify ourselves. Probably the words just that I chose, hip, hip and, and cool, cool yeah. they're like, yeah, he's screwed. <laughs> um, honestly, side note, like, I, I believe wholeheartedly that... Like I do not need to be up on yeah. every single thing that yep. our kids are listening to, or sure. or all of the lingo and everything. Um, I I need to be aware of most of it, but I I never watched Stranger Things, and I never yeah you know, I still haven't seen Lord of the Rings, which me either. Uh, oh, dude, let's, let's have a together. marathon, or we or could not. have an anti-marathon yeah, and just watch something that. else. Yep. Uh, but the reason I bring that up is because. Uh, if you are, if you're loving on kids and, and they know like, Hey, he's authentic or she's authentic and they get enough fake from everywhere else. And I think that I promise this is all coming back around. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, kids get so much fake in their lives on social media, uh, p- as celebrities and different people that they look up to. Uh, you know, there, there have been a lot, a lot of like different YouTube personalities and influencers that like, it's kind of coming out like, oh yeah, you're a horrible person and, or, or your priorities are just out of whack. And I think that with all of the inauthenticity that, that kids get all the time, it's so important for youth leaders, youth workers, youth pastors uh, senior pastors to just be themselves yeah. and the, the weight of what we are doing, the responsibility of what God has called us to do gets way easier when we are ourselves. Yep. God called you to youth ministry 
because he called you to youth ministry. He did not he did not call Kyle to youth ministry so that Kyle could just mimic everything that Derek does. Yep. Uh, our churches are different. The cultural contexts are a little bit different, even though our churches are only a half hour away. Uh, the the communities that we are reaching are different. Yep. And I and the other thing that has become you know you mentioned a little bit as a youth pastor, I have found great security in knowing there are just going to be there. Unfortunately, there are some kids that you know I'm I might not click with. And our youth ministry might not be, you know, their cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I pray that, you know, if it's not ours, it's yours. Yeah. Or it's, you know, the other church down the street. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're all on the same team here. Right. My job is not to siphon youth kids away from other ministries. If if you, you know, find somewhere else that you want to plug in, that's awesome. Uh, if you are growing closer to God, that's my goal. And so I think that that's another thing. When we talk about the weight and the responsibility of the anointing and the call that God has on our lives, understanding that there's a whole group of people that are also doing this. Yep. You know, we're all in the same boat together. We're all working toward the same goal. Uh, you know, have some relationships with some other youth workers and youth pastors in your area. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, what are you doing to reach this group of kids? How, you know, grow, bounce ideas off each other, grow with each other. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And I think that that can be, that can be super important. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. It's it's funny even as you say all that because there's there's some other podcast episodes we're cooking on that, um, you actually said a lot of the stuff I had written down. So I think. Uh, sorry, my bad. Yeah, no, it's it, it, it's all good. So you guys can all listeners just skip episode three, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey now, hey now, we're just getting we're just getting it open here. Now nah, we won't but. do that. All right, next one. Uh, ooh, we're gonna continue with some heavy hitting here. You ready for this? I'm ready. School taught me a lot of stuff about what our students might be dealing with. Uh, I remember talking a lot about alcohol. I remember talking a lot about drugs. I remember talking a lot about identity. I don't remember talking a ton about sexual identity. Nope. You know, that I know that it was hit on, but in our culture right now, and granted, I went to school five years ago, I regret saying that immediately. Again, there's the twenty, there's the twenty five year vet listening to our podcast is like, you got to be kidding me, right? But I, even five years ago, sexual identity was not as big of of an issue and a and a topic of discussion within youth ministry mm-hmm. as it is right now. And that was something that you know we're we're kind of learning on the fly. And there are there are some books that I should have had this in front of me. Uh, maybe I'll have to see if I can find it here. There are some books that I can highly, highly recommend uh, that have helped me a ton on this. Uh, and you know, we I think we both have had conversations with students uh, about some of this stuff. Whether it's hey, this is something that I'm walking through, or my friend is walking through, and I don't know what to say to them. Uh, but I don't, I don't remember. Do you remember a lot of these conversations when you were no, in school? No, some of the, some of the best parts of the class that I remember were the fact we had this thing where every class period, um, the professor was a former pastor for decades and he would give us hypothetical scenarios of how would we handle this if we were the lead pastor and you know the teaser is that he actually had these things happen to him in his ministry, and here's how he handled it. But, um, you know, 
this particular subject may have been mentioned in all my four years, probably less than five times, maybe. Um, you know, we we had some like different you know discussions and, and that type of thing, but really nothing to the extent that you would actually need to utilize in ministry. And and, and quite honestly, um, it is such a tough subject to decipher um, because there is really no forgiveness on either side. Um, like there is the the margin of so, much like a lot of things in our world, people are so opinionated on, on one way or another that uh, it's really in some ways a lose-lose of how to handle this and how to approach it. And, um, you know, I'm sure we're going to dive into this a bunch, but just some preliminary thoughts are the fact that um, sexual identity, much like anything that a person goes through, is it is something that a person is walking through. And I want to highlight the fact that they are a person. Therefore, God yeah, has purpose yeah. for them. He has love for them. And just because, um, you know, we might not see the same way they do does not give us the permission to treat them like anything less than a person. That's true. And so I think it's so important to when you're talking about sexual identity or really anything for that matter, even if you think it is so preposterous and so silly and you don't know how they could see it, you need to understand that they are a person, a person that God has called one way or another. Um, but with that, I just want to back this up, and this is not a cop answer. This is something that I have had to like cling to for dear life, is that because I have certain beliefs and opinions, I cannot operate out of those. I need to go back to Scripture and say, here's what the Bible says. Let's talk this through. Because the reality is like, we have to understand that Scripture was written in a language that is no longer being utilized, let alone one that many of us don't aren't fluent in. Yep. I don't know about you, but I am not fluent and well-versed in ancient Hebrew and ancient Greek. Can't say that I am. <laughs> you Never know? was. And so like, there is stuff up for interpretation. Yep. And so it's one of those deals where uh, we trust that God is, is going to make core pillars. And, and this is not me of saying like, there's no Bible evidence. I'm not saying that. My point is when it comes to sexual identity specifically, I have been very cautious to not paint broad brushstrokes over this these are more one-on-one conversations between two people two people that god loves and having a civil conversation anchored in the bible yeah because there's no forgiveness other way other way one way or or the other and i just think it's so important and and really this should be how we approach everything (laughs) you'd think you'd think you would think you know but i just think with this particular subject it just it is easier to just fall back on scriptural truth because really that's all you can base your your whatever on yeah it's it's dangerous to get into a conversation with a student about sexual identity, you know, they come up to you and say, hey, Pastor Derek, uh, I just want to let you know that I am bisexual. And Derek says, okay, um, no, you're not. I'll be, well, (laughs) yeah, that's, that's the one. No, you're not. Yeah. Right. You Uh, don't say that. You know, you, you know, you don't open the conversation with, I will be watching you from heaven in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Like you'll be in hell. I'll be in heaven and I'll wave to you. Uh, you know, that's, that's not, that's not where that conversation starts. Uh, you know, I, and real quick, um, the, one of the books that I read was called a war of loves by David Bennett. Uh, highly, highly, highly recommend. Uh, it's basically his story 
Um, you know, he, he grew up in Australia. Uh, he came out when he was, I believe it was in high school and the book is written by him. And it's kind of this, this following him and his journey from gay activist to where he lands is, uh, a gay celibate Christian. You know, he's, he's not, you know, shock therapy, like I'm going to, I need to change this. Sure. Uh, you know, he reaches the conclusion, you know, this is like, this is just something that I struggle with, but I, there's, there's no way that I can reconcile, uh, you know, this lifestyle with scripture. And so I am going to choose to just remain single, uh, as opposed to engaging and entertaining, uh, you know, this in my life. And I, I really appreciate and admire kind of how he lays that out. Uh, I think it's really, really cool. And, you know, like you said, it's beating, beating a kid over the head with the Bible is, uh, it hasn't worked for me yet. No. I'll keep trying it, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's not, that's, that's not the route that, that's not a route of love. No. And it's never going to be a route that, that makes an impact. If, if a student shares something like that with you, uh, even if you, you're like, hey, I know in my heart that, that, that scripture and what is coming out of your mouth are contradicting each other, mm-hmm. my first reaction still needs to be love. My first reaction still needs to be, I want you here in our ministry. Yep. That's that's something that I think a lot of students are prepared. They have that conversation or they share this information prepared for it to lead to, well, get out. Yep. We don't want you in our youth ministry anymore. Yeah. And that could not be further from the truth. I, I go back to correct me if I'm wrong, but you've like you've known Jesus pretty much your entire life. Correct? Grew, grew up. Yeah. Family grew up in church. Uh you know, there's always that, like, we, we grew up going to church our whole lives. Sure. I would say that, you know, middle school was really a real, where that relationship became my sure. own. Yeah, you know, and for me, um, you know, and as we go through this podcast, I'm sure we'll get more and more pieces of our lives. But for me, that was not my experience. Uh, we were Cheesters. We were Christmas yep. and Easter church people. Um, and so, like, I got, I will tell you, I got nothing out of church. Um, but there was a massive event in my life that completely turned my life upside down. Um, and in the, on, on the back side of that, my, my mom started going to church, a Bible-believing Assemblies of God church that was just passionate about loving Jesus. And, um, you know, I, I'm coming back to where this all plays in a second. But for me, my experience was at the time I was a 13-year-old boy. You can understand some of the things I might have been doing in my life that a normal sure. 13-year-old boy does. Things that I was watching, things that I was saying, things that baseball. I was doing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, lots of baseball. Um, you know, like, but at the moment of going to that church, they didn't say, if you're going to be in these doors, you need to stop doing those things. And you have you to be perfect. Jesus. It was a here's who Jesus is, mm-hmm. and then naturally Jesus and spending time with Jesus started to work on those things in my life. I love that. And this should be no different. You know, if, if people come, as you said, I think people come into it expecting that and almost playing self-defense right away. So the moment you address it, they assume you're saying, I don't like this part about you. I don't like you. I don't like that you're this way, so get out. And it's, what if we just, I, I think these things need to be addressed. 
I don't think it's an and or or it's it's a, it's an or. I think it's a both and. We need to address these things, but at the same time, like, what if we just let Jesus work on that part of their heart? What if we just showed them what love a profound concept? Isn't that just wild? You know, like, what if we just did what the Bible said and said to just love people and speak the truth in love? Like, what would happen if we did mm-hmm. that? Um, you know, and, I, and this. It, Especially as parents, I think this is this should be a specialized episode we had talked to parents because the reality is if you are a parent in this day and age, odds are you are either having your son or daughter come to you and say, I think I might be XYZ, or you might have their friend who identifies as this or is struggling with this. And um, especially, you know, millennial parents, Gen Z or not Gen Gen X parents, um, this is a taboo topic that yep. they have very strong opinions about that are very contradictory to how Gen Z, our students, are feeling. And I think it would be so wise to go um, taking some scriptural truths and some very practical things and go, how do you reconcile Jesus and this topic? Because really, like, this is not something that you can, like I said, just paint broad brushstrokes over because it is such a complex issue. Mm-hmm. and. At the heart of it is a person, and I just think we need to keep that at the forefront of yep. our mind. And I've seen I've seen parents walk through this with their kids, really, really well. Yep. I've seen parents walk their kids through this not so well. Yep. You know, it's it's gonna go both ways. As as a youth pastor, I've seen both. Everybody's gonna see both over time. Um, but one of the other things, you know, parents that that walk their kids through something like this, really well don't feel like they're doing it really well. Sure. You know, they, they're going to feel like they failed as a parent. Yep. And one of the, one of my favorite moments in youth ministry ever was I had a parent who was telling me, Hey, you know, this is the conversation that I'm having with my kid. And they started to lay out for me what, you know, they and their spouse had been doing uh, with this and kind of the steps they had taken so far. And, and I looked at him, I was like, first of all, you need to know that you are doing a phenomenal job with this. Yeah. And they broke down. Wow. And it was it was just cause they were. I mean, every step they took, I was like, I would I I don't even know that I could say that I would do that because I would I wouldn't even thought of that. But yeah. now that you say that, that's definitely what I hope that I do in that situation. Yeah. And you know, they they just killed it and giving encouragement. Yep. to to parents who are trying to follow God but you know have this this hurdle this obstacle in their parenting and they you know this again they didn't go to school to be a parent right. they 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 don't know how to walk through something like this they're probably on YouTube and Google just as much as we yeah, are right. and they they're like how do I what do I do this is this is what I thought to do and uh encouraging them can can go a really long ways too yeah absolutely absolutely all right we got time for a couple more what do you want to hit Hmm. Um. Let's let's touch on this one because we have different experiences on this one. I kind of want want to jump into this. So bring it on. Um, the topic is all the tech you need to know. Sure. Now, um. Yeah, you lucky duck. So this this is where Kyle and I differ. Um. So, believe it or not, there is a lot of technology that oh, happens my. in church goodness especially thanks to the lovely thing that we can call 
COVID-19. Yeah, that was new. I did. I missed the day in class where they talked about how to do youth ministry oh, in dude. a pandemic. Dude, that was a great one. I loved that class period. I was I probably skipping it to watch the Winter Olympics. <laughs> uh, gosh, yeah. Like, uh, that could be a whole episode itself. Is Winter how Olympics? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it goes back to that baseball thing that we talked yes, about earlier. Exactly. Um, but there's just so much tech in church. There is... It takes a lot of tech to get the lyrics on the slides so you can sing along and not feel like you're just sitting there awkwardly. There's a lot of tech that happens to make sure all of your volunteers in a church of 50 and a church of 5,000 to make sure that every volunteer is in the right spot, the mm-hmm. right time, on the right day. There's a lot of tech that is required to make the fancy sermon series graphics and to get the stream online. And, and there is so much that you need to know. And... Um, why don't you tell me what your experience at North Central with all of this? Yeah, so, um, okay, now I've told you all of my experience <laughs> at North Central. Uh, I I did not get uh, any classes about uh, any technology in a church. Um, I It was trial by fire. I did an internship with a church, uh, a separate internship in a church, uh, when I between my sophomore and junior years, and that was... Uh, I, I got a little bit of exposure to it there. Um, but yeah, I, I had nothing and that was not what you were gifted in. No. So, um, we actually found this out today actually, cause you didn't understand that I had this, but it, we out. were at school at the same time. I, I don't understand how I didn't get this and you did. Again, you were watching the winter Olympics. Okay. Just back up for a second. My freshman year at North central I literally used every skip in a class I could <laughs> because the Winter Olympics were that win- no like that way. January, February, March, and I was watching the Winter Olympics because you, it was I think that was I don't know Beijing or something, and no, they the Summer Olympics two thousand eight was Beijing. What was no two? It would have been two thousand sixteen. Well, I don't know. Anyways. We'll we'll have to look it up, but. I it was uh, the time difference was the issue. Oh sure. And so like the only Olympics you could watch were like In the from six a.m. to noon, and you couldn't watch anything live at night. And so I was like, well, this is gonna happen once every yeah. four years. This is obviously maybe this is why <laughs> I didn't learn all this stuff in school is because I was in my dorm room watching the Winter Olympics. You know, you can't fix that. But um. Shout out to Lon Flippo. Kyle mentioned him. He was probably one of the most impactful professors I had. Uh, my senior year, I'm pretty sure two-thirds out of my classes were taught by Lon Flippo. So I saw Lon like four times a day. Uh, but he actually pioneered and con- constructed a class called Technology in Ministry, where he literally would take us, like take two weeks at a time and just dissect each of these programs of how to use them and not just use them, but how to like get into the back end of all the like, here's how you operate this feature and that feature. And here's what this button does and that button does. And it was so hands-on, so practical that like, if you were that more intellectual type, like you're like, this is the dumbest class ever. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you from a practical standpoint, there was not a class that was more immediately applicable than this one. Cause I walked into, and this is another thing we'll tackle later, but um, due to the nature of the type of church I work at, um, I wear, I am on staff as a pastor, um, but in some degree I am over um, youth, tech, 
big service and kid to some extent. Obviously. Obviously. Who wouldn't be all over that? You know, and so I come in here as the millennial and they go, do you know how to run this? And it's <laughs> oh, like, that's a, oh, no. <laughs> but you're, you're, you're a millennial, so you must know right. all this technology. But I w- in that moment, I was thankful to go, I do. And because then otherwise I'm having to learn this program from scratch and they were sitting there going like, I really wish we knew how to do this. And so, um, you know, just, I know we've kind of been in a, in some ways nagging on the things you didn't hear, but I, that is one thing I want to shout out is like that type of practical stuff. And I know I mentioned it from another professor. We started every single class of here's the situation. How do you handle it? That type of stuff happens, you know, and, as we kind of close out this episode, I think it's important to reiterate that, um, like, I got a great education. I would recommend um, – I didn't love the debt of a private school. Fair. Um, you know, but at the same time, um, the people you met and I met um, – I still talk to Long Flippo frequently. I still give Doug Graham a high five and a hug every time I see him. These are still guys that I could call and talk to, and they have real-life experience and. Um, you know, the reality is ministry is unlike any other job. Um, all jobs are unique, and, and the job you work is certainly unique, but at the same time, uh, there is just, just something different about ministry. And uh, for all the stuff that they didn't teach us, they taught us, here's how to handle this. And um, the beautiful part about all of this is God was able to meet us in this series of unknown things, and we've, it has forced us to go God. Would you lead me? Would you direct me? Would you bring people into my life to help me tackle this? And he did, and it, it, we're better for it. Absolutely. Finding somebody further down the path that you want to be on, that, that can mentor you, that can answer your questions is huge. Uh, real quick, just for the record, I was 2014 Olympics, okay. not 2016, but they were in Sochi, Sochi Russia. Mm. So that definitely was the time difference there. Yep. Uh, all the way over in Russia. Also, according to the Wikipedia page, in English, the motto of that Olympics was hot, cold, yours. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Uh, it makes no sense. Russia, get your act together and come up with a better, not even just Russia as a country. Well, it's look, just the Russian Olympic Committee. needs all, to. Yeah. Although they're also suspended from the current Olympics Correct. for doping or something. So yeah. they really need to just straighten it out. Boycott um, Russia. Exactly. <laughs> but I do want to, I do want to touch on just specifically a little bit with some of the technology. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of churches, uh, if, if the budget's not there, uh, you know, PowerPoint is, yep. you know, we're throwing our slides on PowerPoint and that's yep. what we're using for, for worship lyrics. Um, the, if, if you're going to pay for some sort of a, uh, slide service, uh, pro presenter seems to be, uh, the most dominant one in yeah. church circles. Uh, I'd highly recommend if you're if you're in a position where you know you're looking for something like that. Pro Presenter does a lot. Yeah. Uh, and actually, with one of their newest versions, they actually integrated the ability to go like live stream. Yep. And you can input video sources and output straight to for our youth services. We actually output straight to youtube nice. from pro presenter so it's a it's a pretty cool tool there uh planning center again huge in church circles uh planning center has the ability to uh you know organize volunteers organize services uh you know for your worship team for your tech team everybody uh the people feature that we use that yeah. as well on planning center you can uh have profiles for 
all the people in your church, store addresses, phone numbers, emails, stuff like that, uh, registrations for, uh, for different events. Uh, you can link that to a church website. That's super helpful. Our kids ministry uses the check-ins feature on Planning Center. And we also, as a church, have just started using, they have a calendar feature that is uh, a little bit newer. And we use that for uh, scheduling and like reserving rooms uh, within our church. Different ministries want to want to do an event. Uh, and so they Planning Center has so many different ways uh, that it is very, very useful. And then the other one that I want to throw out, this is uh, definitely one for uh, a ministry with a budget, maybe. Um, but we use uh, different programs within the Adobe Creative Suite very, very often, uh, whether it is uh, Photoshop or Illustrator uh, for, you know, creating slides or creating graphics. Um, you know, use a little bit of Adobe Audition, but mostly Adobe Pro Presenter for videos. Uh, Audition is is kind of their audio editing software um, and then pro presenter is videos and so that that's really helpful for uh, different promo videos or, or different things like that uh, Adobe's got some some really really good uh, programs yep. that that can help with the creative side of of church ministry yep and uh, as as you will find out Kyle and I um have learned a lot about technology, but at the same time, the the nature of ministry, we've rubbed shoulders with a lot of people who are very experienced and much very better than ingrained us. in technology. So if there's ever something that you have questions about or or you're just not sure where to begin, uh, reach out to us and we'll be happy to either help or push you in the right direction. Absolutely. And so before we, uh, before we exit here, I do want to uh, just let everybody know, um, you know, this is, this is a podcast that we're really, really excited about and we want you guys to be a part of it. And so we have, we're going to blow their minds yeah. with the level of creativity that went into this. Of course. So I hope they're ready. Uh, we set up an email that is how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. I know. So original. How did you come up with that idea? You know, I spent so much time prayer and fasting. Good call. And the Lord just kind of gave it to me in a vision, wow. in a dream one night. Wow. Uh, that for this uh, for this podcast, that should be our uh, our podcast email. Praise God. And so if you guys... Oh, jeez. <laughs> if you guys have uh, any uh, comments, questions, anything... Uh, that that you want to share with us, we'd love to uh, to answer your questions uh, on the air. If we're not the only two people, if our wives are not the only two people listening to this podcast, even that's a stretch. That but... oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent a stretch. Actually, my wife listens to like podcasts and YouTube videos all day long. She's an architect, and she is still working from home, which is a huge blessing. Uh, but she she listens to uh, a lot of stuff throughout the day, just because. Like she, but she she's to you bored all the time. So well, she listens to me all the time too. And she so tunes you out sometimes. Obviously, so to voluntarily. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Michaela's awesome. Michaela is awesome. Meg's awesome. Our wives are rock stars. Amen. We'll have to do an entire episode dedicated to. Let's do it. Our wives, except I don't know about yours, but the last thing my wife would want is to be on the yep. podcast. So mm -hmm. we'll have to get creative there. Yep. Uh, but that does it for today's episode. Uh, thank you all for listening. A reminder to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you get notified each week uh, when a new episode drops. 
And as your favorite inexperienced podcasters, we appreciate any and all feedback you have for us. You can reach out to us with episode ideas, questions, and really anything else you want to share with us. We welcome that uh, because, after all, we have nothing to do during the week anyways. That is true. So we got to go practice Gaga Ball. Goodbye. Goodbye.